0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is our first episode of the Afterthoughts podcast. Uh, tonight, we're going to be looking at a topic uh, following our sermon series in 2 Samuel. We're in chapter 13, verses 1 through 22 today. It's a story where Amnon, the son of David, uh, takes advantage of his sister Tamar. And uh, the question we want to ask is this. Is why is it that when we take sex out of the intended purpose, a trail of heartache and disappointment are left behind? It's a hot topic that's been thrown around in today's world. What are we going... Uh, what what were what we are going to that's Big what I'm words. trying to say <laughs> sorry what we are going to take a look at uh, uh, isn't what's been accepted by culture but once and for all what God's word has to say about the issue and how it impacts our lives we want to take make sure to take note that we'll be talking about a sexual assault as seen in second Samuel chapter 13 if you have children in listening range please proceed with caution uh, and if you would like to follow us on afterthoughts.northcoastchurch.com, uh, you can submit questions and you can follow our link there. Uh, follow the podcast and subscribe. And we're going to jump right into today's topic. Uh, Lindsay is our co host. My name is hey, Kip Strawbridge, hey. and I'm the campus pastor here and host of the Afterthoughts podcast. Lindsay, where are we going from here?
1: Yes. Okay, you guys, this was a great message. Yes. yes and I an agree. intense yes. message to start a first podcast out on. But it's perfect because we're here to talk about the nitty gritty. That's yeah. why we have Megan here. I'm so excited, <laughs> Megan. Um, a little bit about Megan real quick. Kicking off our first night at Afterthoughts is our guest Megan Castle. Megan is a wife, a mom, and she's a writer. She's coming out with a project before too long. Uh, yeah. She's worked in prison ministries where she's radically changed the lives of many. She's tra- a trained educator and attended Multnomah Seminary for Biblical Studies. And she's been a member here at North Coast for a bit. This fall, we're going to be talking a little bit more about this, but you are actually leading an abuse recovery group for women yes. that is so needed. We're really excited about it. I'm so excited, excited and I'm so honored that you guys invited oh, me today. Oh, we love we it. We're well, glad that you're here. Yeah, and if you want more information about Megan, you can go to her website. It's megancastle.com, and it's a, re- it's a pretty website, Thank so you. I like it. Um, there's a lot of really good resources on it, too.
0: Yes, so great thanks. job on the website. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at it the other day, it was great.
1: Thanks to Paul yeah
0: so we're taking a look at the first point one of the points from chris's message lindsay you want to uh start the conversation off with that one
1: yeah i would love to okay so the message it, it's in second samuel and we we're talking about um tamar and this, this is a really hard subject in that again it's talking about assault and it's talking about sex in the context that god intended and created it to be right and a point that i that chris made that i think would be really good for us to just break down a little bit is that when every time every time God gives a negative command he also gives two positives and that's one to protect and the other to provide so yes. what's awesome about this is when God says no we know because of his character right He's doing it for a reason. He's doing it for a purpose that is good for us. Yeah, he's
0: not an arbitrary
1: God. No, he's not arbitrary God at all. And Kip, when we were kind of brainstorming this uh, yeah. earlier, you said an analogy of a chauffeur mm-hmm. or a driver. And yeah. OK, can you say it? Because it was really, yeah. it was so, really awesome.
0: Uh, I shared this even with our congregation of the day at the end of a message. It was uh, something that Larry was talking about. And I heard this story years ago. I don't even remember where I heard it. Uh, but it stuck with me. And so uh, as I shared, it kind of goes like this. There was a, a wealthy man. He had a driver. He never drove himself anywhere. And he had this driver for 15, 20 years, you know. So this guy, he trusted and relied on him. as an excellent driver. And uh, this guy uh, eventually has to retire. And so this uh, businessman was like, I got to find a driver as good as this guy. So sets out an application, starts the you know interview process, dwindles it down to like three of the best candidates, the best drivers. and And then his final test, he takes them out to the desert where there's this plateau and a cliff. And he takes all three drivers and he stands them up and he goes, all right, gentlemen, uh, if you were driving towards this cliff at 60 miles an hour, how close could you get before you stopped uh, and didn't go over the edge? And he looks at the first guy and he goes, how close could you get? And the first guy is like, oh man, you know, he plays this mind game. He's like, I got to go first. I can't say too far away because if the other guys get closer, I might not get the job. And so he's trying to play this like gamble in his head. Like I got to get close enough and not too close because what if he makes me do it? you know, improve it. I don't want to be like, I could get one foot away. And then like, ah, and like dies. So he goes, ah, 10 feet. And the other guy, he looks at second guy and he goes, what about you? And the guy goes, oh man, 10 feet. That's pretty close. Like, what if he makes me do it? But I don't want to go not close enough and give any room for this last guy to get closer. So he goes, I can do five. So he kind of ups the other guy and hopes there's not enough room there for the last guy. He looks at the last guy. He's like, what about you? And he goes, No offense sir but i wouldn't go anywhere near that cliff the gentleman looked at him and says good you're hired and i think that's the biblical context that i think we see too often is we play like the first and second guy where we're like i can get close enough our pride our arrogance pushes us to the edge of the cliff literally because we think we're invincible we think like god's command isn't right for us you know we can manage it on our own we're strong enough we're tough enough whatever but the, I think the consistency in biblical truth says is like, why would you go there? You know, as we mm-hmm. read books like Proverbs and, you know, the Psalms and we see this, it's the wisdom of the scriptures uh, and through instruction constantly says, like, don't go there. Stay away. Why would you even tempt fate? Why would you tempt temptation? You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, so, yeah, I, in that vein, I was just thinking, uh, how do we put that into context to this story? You know,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, I think one of the things that's great that I would love to get your guys' perspective on Mm -hmm. is why do we push the limits? Like, why do we go so close to the cliff? And I really think that culture plays the direct role in that. That when we're so in tune with what culture says is okay, that just because the world says it's okay doesn't mean it's good. Doesn't mean it's beneficial. Doesn't mean it's going to actually get us to where we want to go. I mean, not even to mention where God wants us to go. That's right.
2: it's I think it's because we're influenced by both. We are still in the world, even though we're not mm-hmm. a part of the world. And um, it's almost impossible to not be, you know, influenced by those those thoughts of society. Like, for example, um, so God created us. He knows how we work best. He's hardwired us. Um, he his rules and statutes and ideas and his his guidance is always for our advantage. Um even something like, we look statistically at how men seem to fall in love with women before they sleep with them. The majority of men, women tend to bond mostly afterwards. Mm-hmm. And you know the way God has set things up protects us all. So, um, and it, when we when we make our own rules, we hurt ourselves so much. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think I think mm-hmm. that second half of that point when I I was trying to process it because. I'm kind of the um, uh, contrarian a lot of times as I'm listening to the messages and I go, "Eh, is that really to protect and to provide or is that just two P words that sound good in the notes, you know? And so as I break that down, I'm like, protect, I get that. He's like, yeah, you know, thou shalt not do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And I get it. That keeps me from the negative outcomes. In this scenario, it's like you know, don't, um, you know, cross those lines, you know, physically intimacy, those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, don't take advantage, you know, of a situation where there's not, you know, mutual agreement, uh, all of those guidelines I like, go, oh, yeah, I get protection, but then how does that, when it provide for us, like, let's talk, talk to me on that. Like, what do you guys see in that, in that concept of like, it provides for us? What does it, what does it provide for us?
1: I, I mean, fil- Megan, feel free to chime in at this point because okay. you're here because we want to hear from you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um,
2: I think that um, we need to really learn to see ourselves through God's mm-hmm. eyes instead of the world's. And so he's, mm-hmm. providing, um, res- he's, he's providing us a direction for a dream, a beautiful dream that the world cannot give us. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, it's our bread.
0: Yeah. I I agree. I think it's hard because it's like, if you really took it as a, as an outside perspective, I've, I've thought of this multiple times of like, if you were just to write out everything that God commands and actually live by it, it I think too many times society, we feel like we can't, uh, we can't live up to it. So why try? Mm. And I think that our culture kind of gets to that side. And then there's this other side of it's constantly, um, we're being inundated by these, uh, by these messages in a sense, if you will, that, that show the opposite side that, that it goes, yeah, you can play around with that. Yeah. There's no line. It's a fuzzy line. It's an outdated line. Uh, those kind of things. Um, what do you guys say to that and how that
2: impacts it? I think a lot of times we do try to do, um, um, behavior control Mm -hmm. and it, it doesn't really work that well. I don't think, um, I think that, um, when we, have when we try to see our lives from the kingdom perspective when we're really looking at Jesus when we go out into our day when we look for opportunities to be close to him and to for our lives to be touched by him is um, is really where that shift happens with the behavior making significant behavior changes, having breakthroughs. Right. And also, I think that educating ourselves, having community, mm. the importance of community, yeah. having accountability partners, knowing you're not alone. And also, you know, this is a great time, I think, to just mention that North Coast has so many resources, so many um, support groups, and they are anonymous.
0: Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. There's definitely lots of resources that we have available, whether it's just simply a pastor. I think even just as a pastor, I almost at at times, uh, I want to say it's disheartening because it's like, you'll be up there. Hey, if anybody wants to come up and pray or talk, and then you stand (laughs) there alone at the front, you know, and it's like, "Uh, I guess everyone's doing okay. And then, and then you hear the, the, the fallout of, you know, relationships Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And it's like, so you weren't doing okay. Then there should be a line up at the front of the church every week. You know, how come that's not... What does that say about society? What does that say about what culture's done to us about like, hmm. why why wouldn't you go and seek that counsel? Why wouldn't you pursue it?
1: I love this question, Kip. Yeah. I really feel there is a level of shame mm-hmm. yeah. on either side of purity. Yeah, if you are a Christian and you are trying to honor purity, God, purity does that even exist? <laughs> <laughs> we had okay. this conversation. We earlier. did. We had this conversation. You guys, it's a hard word not to say because growing up in the church, I heard hey. it all the time. And purity, it's, it just means pure. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it's purity's become dirty. Yeah, yeah. because it, it's either you fall short because you're not pure, uh-huh. or you are lonely because you are pure. Like we we live in a yeah. world. Where when you're choosing to honor God in in mm-hmm. that purity, the P word, yeah. in the <laughs> P word, when you're honoring God when it comes to sex, it, it means that you are withholding from a partnership that most of the world says go for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then on the other side of it, if you're a Christian who's struggling with it, that there's a whole level of shame too of like, how can I talk about it? Right. What what if I share? What are people going to think? Are they are they going to judge me? Are they, are they going to outcast me? Yeah. And I think kind of going to so your point is reason why people don't come up and talk about it is we all feel alone, but we don't realize every single person is dealing with that in some way, shape or form. And you know, when you're single, it's, it's the, the issue of absence abstinence when it's you're married. Um, there's, there was a statistic that we pulled up that there are three, I believe is it 3000 advertisements every day that are thrown at us. 50% of them are, they're sexual, they're sexualized. So, there's temptation, regardless of where you, we go. This is the the issue is not going to go anywhere. So it's so important that we have that community yes. where we're actually talking about it. Right. Yeah. So and it's not taboo. No. Yeah. yeah. No, no. The P word is yes. Purity. Purity. Oop, sorry. <laughs> and also knowing
2: that you know you you not a lot of people have this breakthrough moment where everything changes for them in an instant. Mm. It is a process All and right. just not giving up on not just yourself but not giving up on god mm. he's gonna come through and the more people you can get praying for you makes a huge difference
1: right yep yep uh one thing that um was addressed in the sermon uh in second samuel and this is where it's a hard topic Tamar, she was wearing a royal robe uh I know. It, it it says that it was adorned in jewels and there was a robe that o- only a virgin bride mm-hmm. would have worn and so This was a woman that we see, even the way she responded to the attack on her, she responded saying, hey, don't do this. The consequences for both of us are really awful. It's not worth it. And yet her speaking wisdom into the situation didn't guard her from a horrific story and a a really awful, awful awful end. And I I know something that Kip, that's like, I could tell, like, you want to talk about that. Um, Yeah.
0: Uh, just the thought we had, we chatted about this earlier, but just that idea of like, and Chris pointed this out and and a lot of of people know, but we start our sermon prep on Tuesdays Uh, early in the week, Chris, Larry, whoever's teaching, will sit down in front of a a group of people. And, uh, Lindsay and I were there, uh, to hear kind of the rough draft of it. And one of the points that kind of came out as Chris was talking about it was, Tamar was the only one speaking Mm -hmm. biblical truth in this story. You know, you get, uh, uh, you get a, uh, prince who is, overwhelmed by this you know what started as an idea or a thought or a fantasy and then uh, and then you get his uh, the the confident he goes to gives him horrible advice uh, which uh, that was one of our questions I wanted to read Uh, uh, Chris says Amnon shared about his lust with his uh, friend Jonadab uh, who responded with some pretty terrible enabling advice how might we be a good friend to someone who confides in us about their own struggle with lust or pornography or, or whatever it is sexual immorality in some way um, and so I feel like that question even coming out, like that was one of the questions our, our audience is already getting, getting at is like, what do you get that good advice? And, and what do you do with it when you get bad advice? How do we discern that? Um, where do you guys go for that? Where does that take you guys?
2: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I would thank them for telling me and, and mm-hmm. really, you know, handle that with care and confidentiality. And um, I think it's great when you have a friend that you can really trust. Having yeah. Finding that friend is important and, um, and having an accountability partner. And I, I think just going alongside them is really valuable. Mm-hmm. Checking in with them, congratulating them, uh, cheering them up if they slip, yeah. when they slip. Um, there's, like we mentioned, there's the groups. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it's one of the, the tricks of the devil, if you will, you know, or society or whoever, um, not to give the devil credit where it isn't due. But uh, one of the tricks that, tr- that trip us up too often, as I think is it, it, whether it's in shame or guilt or whatever, It goes all the way back to Genesis, Adam and Eve disobeyed and yep. what they do, they hid, you know, and they yeah. covered themselves. And, and, and then God comes out and he goes, where are you? Not like you couldn't find them, like He knew where they were. But I think that's at the heart of God is that calling out. He goes, I know you messed up. I don't not know where you are, but his question is, where are you? And mm-hmm. and they had, in a sense, he was saying, hey, stop hiding. Come out into the open where we can shed light on this situation. And I can, I can give you uh, a hope and a, and, a, and a restoration. And I can bring you back to that point where we were walking in the cool of the day and you had communion with God. Mm-hmm. I think that's. This is the part that I wrestle with. We talked about this earlier was at the end of the story. It's like, I felt bad that it was like, and she lived in desolation at her brother's house. And it's like, that's it. Like, she didn't (laughs) like find a young man who came along. And, you know, it's like, I think if it was made for movie, that's what we would see. But in this story, we don't get the rest of the story. We don't know what happened to her because we don't have the account of it. Uh, But, but this story is probably, you know, all too familiar to too many women. Where does the restoration come from? You know, where does the restoration, where do we find that? I mean, obviously in Christ, uh, but what does that look like for someone who goes, Am I, is that my end of the story? Like you yeah. hear this story, do you go, oh, so I get to live in desolation in my brother's house? That's it? That's right. my hope? What's, what's the hope for someone uh, who maybe is in a situation like that?
2: And I love what Absalom said to her uh, to Tamar. He said, "Do not take this thing to heart, mm. and it's like when we think about the guard your heart scripture, yeah um it's not just guarding ourselves from from being hurt and from sin it's it's also guarding our hearts from bitterness mm. and I can tell you what i would I would hope she did not do what so many of us do. I spent like two decades doing is um is <laughs> Pushing God away, not accepting His invitation—it's going from relationship to relationship, thinking I was the problem. It's you know you you start dating women because it didn't work out with men. You become a stripper so that you can take power of the situation. Um, mm-hmm. You um, you get it, you you find yourself in abusive relationships, and you feel in some way that that that's what you deserve. And I think the way out of it is to To get educated um, on abuse, to realize that you are you're defined by God, not mm-hmm. by man. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, our identity in Christ. Uh, we're getting low on time here. I mean, this is I feel like we're just getting started. That's God. what I love about this. Uh, We're going to continue the conversation. We'll Mm -hmm. keep talking. Uh, We're going to wind this up at about 20 minutes here. So we got just a couple minutes to wrap things up. I wanted to point to some of the resources and have you share a little bit about um, maybe the Women's Recovery Group, what that would look like, and some of the other ways people get connected. And then we'll continue this offline. Mm -hmm. uh, And some of this content will make it into our Instagram and and our social media. We'll continue this throughout the week. We'll continue to answer questions. Um, But um, where do we go from here? What's next for someone who's going? How do I overcome this?
1: Yeah, one thing that i would love to say is, we're going to dive in deeper i think that there's a bigger discussion we have to have when it comes to the victim mm-hmm. of of what of, of tomorrow of mm-hmm. you know when it comes to situations like rape and sexual assault sexual and- yeah it's it's a hard topic to talk about so we're going to go into it deeper yeah. Okay. but I, I i think the thing that I, I want to say and megan please feel free to speak into this because you are your heart and this is amazing um but there's restoration and there's hope and you you're living walking testimony. Oh, thank you. Of that, which is it's incredible. It it's it's incredible.
2: It's amazing. Yeah, and I can remember um the 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 breakthrough moment when God said, "Megan, you've put so much energy into your relationships. Why don't you try putting me first for a change and see mm. what happens?"
0: That and, was good advice.
2: Oh, it was really good <laughs> advice. And it it was life-transforming. Yeah. That's awesome. Instantly. Yeah.
0: Hey, Megan, thanks so much Thank for you. being here today. I know um, so uh, this much. was a little short notice, too, and, and such a heavy topic. There's, like I said, there's a million ways we could have gone with this, uh, and we're going to continue this offline. There's still yeah. several topics we want to touch on, some verses we want to bring in. So for those of you who are listening, uh, tune in to us. You can go to afterthoughts.northcoastchurch.com. To find more, you can subscribe and check out the rest of our uh, resources as well. We'll have information on, on there as well for Megan's uh, website, uh, information on how you can get connected and then there's a resource uh for uh, men as well who may be struggling with uh, uh sexual addictions and things as well called the game plan we'll put all that and more on oh, our gosh, podcast yeah. and uh with that we're going to sign off here thank you again megan so thank much
1: Thank you so thank much you, megan and everybody thank you for tuning in this thank you for awesome. tuning in
0: uh we'll be back next week 6 p.m join us at our afterthoughts venue here at the Cosbad campus until next week we'll
2: see you later